it's my birthday so we're talking about the greatest manga and movie adaptation of all time 1998 to 2001's Hideo, Hideo Yamamoto I said I wasn't gonna fuck it up I said I wasn't gonna fuck it up Hideo Yamamoto's Itchy the Killer infamously adapted by the god himself Takashi Miike as part of his legendary 2001 run how are we doing today? We're doing fan-fucking-tastic, bro. We're doing so good. Um, man, I had all these things I want. I'm drinking Monster. I'm on my Kelby Losack tip. It's your birthday today? Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Well, happy so early the birthday. So the day before... Thank you. The day before this comes out, I got to mm-hmm. throw it in there since, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. recording the day before, dropping the day after... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I tried to get you a present, but I think uh, I think some some elements of your neighborhood might have, or they just disappeared. It it said that it left the shipping facility on the twenty third, and that's the last note that's on there. But uh, there's been a lot of weird shit with mail lately. Um, I thought it was during the freeze. Well, a lot of shit got fucked up in the freeze, but ever since then, mail is just disappearing. Yeah. And I I mean, we just keep being like, hey, this never showed up and get a refund. And usually two days later it shows up. So I'm like, hey, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Free shit. Yeah. That's what Amazon told me. I, I put in a refund request and they were like, okay, so in the event that the package does show up, it's on you to be honest and make sure that you return <laughs> it. And I was like, yes, yeah, man, bet. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 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 Does Amazon sponsor the show? I, I ain't giving so. that shit back. I don't think so. But yo, Amazon, if you want to sponsor the show, I will start returning packages that are quote unquote lost. Um, but on that note, up top, I uh, figured I would let everybody know. I've mentioned it before, but I do uh, editing services. I do developmental edits. So if you've got Everything from the seed of an idea all the way down to a first or second draft, I can pretty much cover any of it. It's been my main source of income for about a decade now. Uh, I'm on Readsy. I've got 63 totally five-star reviews. I think there was like one or two that got me like four stars on punctuality or something like that, but... Over the course of the years, I've accumulated a pretty solid resume. Jesus Christ, this fucking kid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All, Jesus all Christ. while dealing with this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just the, I mean, not, not I, all I 10 Rios, years of it. but Bro, I told, Rios, I told Rios the other day, I was like, you know, he's not screaming, he's not crying. I don't care what sound he makes. I said that two weeks ago. Now I'm like, God damn. It's just, uh, you know, like when you're doing a podcast and you're trying to like just get your thoughts out you put on miss rachel so that he can learn his you know digraphs and phonemes and whatever the fuck else grammar shit and numbers and then he sees me talking into this little black thing and it's just oh father (laughs) just stretching his vocals practicing his opera yeah and i uh it's been interesting doing voice stuff I have to have 
silence, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I've got the soundproof booth that actually baby cries can't pierce through yeah. because, uh, you know, Eric has had him going through tan- uh, tantrums and stuff and I'll hear him and I'll play back the recording and it's like nothing. I'm like, wow, damn, beautiful. It's funny. Somebody's going to play like, somebody's going to play one of those audio books on a high definition stereo and just in the background they're gonna hear (laughs) yeah some kind of like i don't know what it is i have these busted earphones that are uh whenever whenever like my bluetooth headphones go out or whatever i'll plug those in i've had them for years and years um and both and the speakers are busted and like both of them but i just use it for like checking like content editing wise because as far as sound goes, I don't know what it is about the speaker being like fucked up. You can hear shit that that does not come through. I'll run it through the like uh, ACX quality check plugin and everything. The I'll check the RMS levels. I'll listen to it on a speaker, and everything will be crystal clear. But I put in the earbuds, and I can hear all this noise. I'm like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> mysteries fucking the mysteries of audio yeah well my recommendation was uh if you took like if you soundproofed a little shoebox you could just put phoenix in the shoebox and just put if if you only close the lid for like five minutes at a time he'll be all right 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 right. just like uh we'll call it the chapter box like daddy's gotta do another chapter you gotta (laughs) (laughs) and then when he starts like kicking up a fuss you say baby this is not called the paragraph box. It's called the chapter box. So daddy's got to get through the whole chapter before he can let you out. Put, um, put him in a burlap sack and be like, I've got an audition. And then wink at, uh, wink at him. Be like, be like get, get it. Get wink, it. Wink, at the, wink at the camera. Main character <laughs> yeah. style. Uh, yeah, so what I want to do this month is for, uh, if you're an agitator patron... Uh, I think I can work up like a discount if you've got a book or a story. So the way that I do pricing on stories is that the minimum payment is $50. Um, so that means if you've got like a flash fiction 500 words, that's 50 bucks. But I mean like you can you can send me up to it's $50 up to 5,000 words and then a cent a word after that. <clears throat> but patrons i'll work something out with you uh if you're not a patron and you're listening to this um i think i'm gonna make just an honest good faith run at i don't know dude like tony robbins style guru type i mean we've just we figured some things out and we've gotten great feedback on the podcast but where the feedback is really just like unanimously positive is when you know i get somebody's story or manuscript or whatever they're like holy shit how did you do that because i'll be talking usually i talk on a zoom call with them and i'll be like well you could do you know xyz here and that'll link back to this part in the story and they'll say shit like i have no idea how you made those connections and i'm like i don't either because i'm not (laughs) good at most things you know what I mean? Like, I've been going through the, the ringer trying to turn in all these applications and get the Security Plus verification done. And once that all goes, I mean, that's still the, you know, that's still a thing that I'm doing because at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, need money 
you need to be able to support people and stuff. But what I'm actually really good at is uh, is this is figuring out stories and generating uh, characters and plot, dialogue, flow of the words, if that's what you want. Although that's a different thing altogether. So uh, so yeah, March Madness, the month of March. I'm uh, I feel I want to do a hundred. I want to do a hundred stories. Um, and then, you know, March starts tomorrow. So if you've got them, hit me up with them. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk some prices and, uh, maybe just kind of jumpstart this whole thing, you know, because I mean, it's interesting, right? Because whenever people talk about like, oh, don't make your, your hobby or your passion into your job, um, Fixing other people's stories is not my passion, so we we got that no, yeah. right there. No, you know my passion I mean? is is still writing. I very much right. enjoy, right. you know, bringing people's stories to life. And uh, as much as like you you enjoy this nice sultry voice, like I really like mixing it up. I've I've realized that I like acting. I didn't know that about myself, but uh doing some like short story collections and stuff well he already said it so like ab uh, abnormal statistics max booth's upcoming collection i'm narrating that and that fool's got some like it's got the uh, this consistent tone of really fucked up shit and dark and depressing and but there's so many different uh characters and a lot of them are on the border of caricature <laughs> And so that's been fun, being like a raspy-voiced, like, giant, trashy lady, and, and then being like a, a hillbilly zombie fighter, and all this other, a lot of kids doing some kid voices. Mm -hmm. It's been mm -hmm. it's been fun. I, I like that. I'm going to hop on the March Madness train. Uh, if you come to me and say you heard this on Agitator, I, I charge $150 per finished hour. I charge the homies a hundred. If you heard it here on this episode, I will. Oh, homie price. Yeah, homie price. Homie prices. If you come and say you heard it here, mm -hmm. then uh, I'll take on your project for a hundred dollars per finished hour. That means the finished recording, however long it is, that's how much you pay. So yeah. eight hours, yeah. eight hundred bucks. There we go. That's a fucking deal. And the thing too is, yeah, you know, with uh, with your recording and with me editing and everything like that, it's just, uh, I mean, we're real brass tacks about this whole thing, right? I mean, it's like if you have uh, just a skill, no, like no matter what that skill is, it makes sense to turn that skill into a type of career. Uh, I don't hate editing. I didn't want to give the impression that you know, sitting down every day, I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta edit. I don't hate it, but, you know, my talents, let's say I get the security plus and I go through it all and I get a job in IT and I'm working like a help desk or whatever, like, I'm sure I'd do fine at that, right? But I'm not really that, that good. That's not the way my brain works. I'd be sort of on the, and if you're a future employer and you're listening to this, this is just parody, but I'd probably be more of one of those, <laughs> like, uh, I'd be more of one of those, like, uh, have you tried turning it off and then turning it back on again type dudes? 
And again, well, that, that, you know, that's what fixes it, though, right? I think so. Usually, normally, that's what it tends uh, to fix it for me. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, so I mean, and I'll do it. I mean, I don't really, I don't really mind. But it just kind of, to me, it just makes more sense to, I don't know, just do something that I'm actually good at and that obviously customers are satisfied with. You know, I mean, it just seems like a better, a better fit. The trick is, of course, with all of this, is just monetizing because, oh, by the way. Yeah, the monetizing thing. I mean, I think I figured it out, which is I'm just going to hit up really prolific authors, like self-published people, because I think that's the main issue with with editing. That's been the main issue for, I don't know, maybe like the whole time, the whole 10 years. I have repeat clients for, for 10 years. You know what I mean? But, yeah. I mean, the average pace that people write novels in is like once every two years. So... Right that's the problem is that you just you don't have a lot of like every every new client is like a new hey how's it going here's what i do like what i really want to do is like find 10 badasses who produce like 10 books a year because <laughs> at that point 100 100 books about you know on average about 800 900 each i mean that's that's good that's good money after the tax man takes his cut you know um so that's the goal. That's the goal. Like just just finding a nice smooth workflow that I can do like that uh, would not really necessarily make me comfortable, but but it would be a job, you know. So anyway, that's the goal. If you're a badass prolific author uh, and you're working with an editor, hit me up. Tell me what you pay them, and I'll do it cheaper. Straight, yeah. Oh man. Up Guaranteed. I've been yeah. talking to self-published authors, and, and I love better, seeing. By the way. Cheaper. And yes. Better. Yeah. A hundred percent. Seeing the other side of all of this, of getting a lot of work from self-published <laughs> authors. Mm -hmm. This is something that we've been talking about since we're also writers, and we've come out the other side, going through the, you know, bullshit indie community and whatever, and coming out and with back to sort of rose tinted glasses of like you know what actually you can just do this shit and it's fun yeah. and you can be wildly successful um yeah no i've seen the other side of that a lot of these motherfuckers are self-published authors they sell a ton of copies and they just enjoy doing it so that's the climate <laughs> if you're yeah. a yeah. If you're a writer just needing like some hope for, you know, or following up on the things we've been talking about in that regard, yeah, a lot of my clients are successful self-published authors. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm mhm. Yeah. So anyway, I think that that's I think that's a pretty good pitch. Um uh, what else? What did I did I leave anything out? Oh, yeah, of course. Like I could do a a sample. I can talk on Zoom. I can do all the normal shit to you know. Cool. So we did our pitch at the top of the show. Um, hey, we got a platform. A lot of people listen to the show, so might as well use it. Um, because, uh, man, I mean, like these bills are just like the gas bill. I'm so happy that it's warmed up here in Oklahoma because the gas bill has been beating my ass these past three or four months. Because you know, you got a wife. The wife likes to be warm. If it was me, that shit would be off, and the house would be like. 63 degrees but, but like you got a wife like she wants to keep it like 71 72 
And uh, Oklahoma, in particular, has made national headlines for how high the gas prices have gone in this state. So I'm glad that shit's coming to an end. But it's just been, you know, it's been three months of paying all the bills, thousands of dollars of bills. It's crazy when you get, like, car, insurance, rent, phone, internet, you know, electric, gas, all this kind of shit, like... It's it's been at a point where I've had like, you know, a couple hundred dollars at the end of it. So we're 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 getting out of that, basically. Like we just because I'm in charge of all the bills. It's just how like the the man woman dichotomy works in this relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like the you got to take care of all the bills, and then she t- it's not she doesn't just like spend her shit on whatever i mean she buys well yeah there's a lot of other things to take care of groceries and that baby and exactly so that's just kind of how the whole thing is split so yeah i think uh i feel it's really weird though dude and i think this might have to do and i promise we'll get to the manga here in a second but like i think it just has to do with like the fact that we're off of social media going on two weeks now probably and it is fucking hilarious to me how perfectly it parallels quitting booze right because when you quit booze the first two weeks are kind of like this it's like i still feel kind of ambiently bad but once you hit week number two the they call it the pink cloud comes in you just feel better about everything and i think i'm in like the social media pink cloud where i haven't looked at twitter uh besides when fucking grant sends us tweets and shit (laughs) to to look at (laughs) But I haven't like I haven't been like compulsively so like, this all this dumb hoe, this dumb yeah. hoe on Twitter. <laughs> but like, I don't know, dude. Like, I just I feel uh, maybe this is just like representative of a of a turning point. I feel like the first quarter, which after this month, I guess that's the it's the first quarter of the year. The first quarter has been tough, but I don't I don't feel like I feel like that was like the hump, you know. Because things just seem to be picking up. So, anyway. yeah, no, it was like a, it was like a fucking sacrificial ritual. Whenever I I killed the bird and shit just started flooding. It, like when I say I checked my phone, my email after deleting everything, figuring out how to, going through all the loops of how to deactivate that shit, and then checked my email and it was like, hey, yeah, that sounds great. How much? And then I was like, oh fuck, let's go. And then another mm-hmm. job, and then another. I was like, okay, all right, we in there now. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going back. It's so much. Uh, some people, I'm I'm not gonna say that I have the answer because you also, you know, you have to take into consideration my background and what is expected of me as a social media presence, which isn't anything that could make me money. It's more just like a a fucking heel, an antagonizer, and that's, I haven't, I hadn't figured out a way to exploit that for profit, so. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's funny because in our day-to-day lives, everybody who, who I meet, at least, they like me, at least they like me okay, and our interactions are not antagonistic, and, you know, like when I go to the gas station, I'm not like, you know, you, you suck, wagey, fucking dumbass like, yeah <laughs> yeah ring my shit up bitch um like of course like nobody acts that way nobody acts that way but 
social media, especially 15 years of social media all, all told, uh, it creates a fucking golem that's separate from you, who's evil. And uh, the problem is not that the golem is evil, because evil golems can serve their purpose for sure. But, like, the problem is that that evil golem, like you said, is not making me any fucking money. In fact, it's taking away opportunities to make money. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. uh, yeah, because I would, there's a ton of, um, I've been in auditions where it was like, for verification, insert any kind of handles that you may have. And I'm talking like, I mean, I've, I've had invites to some major, like, 2K games stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they'll be like, so do you have any social media handles? And I'm like, nope, I, I do not. This is back not. when I back when I did, but I was like, "Don't you dare fucking go check I that shit." I have a feeling that happened to me too. Honestly, low key, like there was this job that I was. It was one of those where it was a friend who had recommended me. So it's one of these jobs, uh, remote work, uh, good paying, and uh, I basically applied for it. Did the interview? The interviewer was like, "Oh my god, it's like the best interview I've ever done." hell yeah let's go she's like okay cool 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 well, there's just a few things we need to to figure out and then we'll get back to you and then there was a follow-up email like hey is it cool like when we hire you uh you know because we don't really work with people in oklahoma we're not licensed to do that so we'd have to hire you on like a 1099 basis so is that cool and i was like yeah yeah sure 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 and that could have been it but like it was radio silence after that and a part of me wonders is like did you go to my twitter did you, did you somehow find my fucking Twitter and, and read my tweets? So it's a little bit of paranoia. It might not be true. But, like, at the same time, you know, there might be a little bit of something to, like, the people, the, the, uh, the anons, like the, like the right-wing anons on Twitter, who are like, you got to run OPSEC, bro. There might be something to that, you know? Like, you yeah, want a, a nice it's... paying job with, like, people with white teeth and shit like that? It's like, you can't be on there being like, Damn, sometimes pussy go crazy, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's also lame to do so, though. Like, I'm not yeah. going anonymous. I ain't no bitch. No. Well, I mean, it kind of defeats the whole purpose, right? Of just, like, actually having a clear head and being able to complete work. And, you know, how am I in my day-to-day life? I'll let y'all guess. I'll let y'all guess. We're going back to 1995 now, where nobody needs to know what the fuck I do in my off time. Or what I think about random shit. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It is like when you quit booze or smoking or a little bit like when you quit drugs and your homies do drugs. Because mm-hmm. you're like, they're like, I mean, you know, a little a little bit, man, you know, a little bit. Right. You just got to right. moderate it. And I'm like, yeah. no, there's no moderating. Once you get to like, there's this weird void that opens up when you open up Twitter or something. Because I really wasn't on it a lot. But yeah. the amount of time it seems I have now versus mm-hmm. when I did have it is insane. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I know I wasn't spending three hours a day on Twitter, but it feels like I have three extra hours now. But you might have. I mean you might I mean between the screen time has this really interesting thing that I noticed yesterday because I was looking at it and it has pickups, which is what it sounds like, how many times you pick up your phone. And it was about 10.30 in the morning, and I'd had 22 pickups already. And that's like that's like checking the signal chat, checking the Discord, 
check in email, IG, just kind of like floating around a little bit. And I was like, God damn, 22 times? It was for a combined, I think, like 34 minutes. So, I mean, you do that throughout the day, bro. It's not hard to imagine that three hours are just gone. Every fucking day. That's Three hours is like, that's one-eighth of your day looking at this shit. It's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, can't do it. Can't, can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. All right, well, hire us. Uh, we're very talented. And we're very friendly. Uh, but we're going to talk about Itchy the Killer now, 30 minutes in. Thanks for sticking around. I'll, uh, I'm absolutely not going to put that in the show notes because you have to listen to you have to listen to the whole thing. Bro, so many people listen to the first Itchy the Killer. That's still one of our mm, top 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's not top 5, but still one of our probably top 10 most downloaded episodes and we spent like forever talking about Mike Ma and Alt Lit and <laughs> Uh-huh. So if everybody jumped in on that episode, then y'all can hear us spill the sauce and throw our pitches. Agitator yeah. Discord is popping too, by the way. Oh, I yeah. didn't really understand what Discord was, but Eddie got that up and running, and I was like, "This is pretty legit." And our patrons are fucking talented motherfuckers. Like, goddamn. I know. Yeah, they're doing short films and short stories and novels, and I can hear myself echo. I don't know if that's an issue. Whoa, what just happened? Did you get into a car crash? No. You can hear oh, okay. you're echoing in your, in your head, or what? Yeah, I hear the echoes of your voice in my head. Even when you're not around. <laughs> just writing poetry live. Hey, man, this is part of the, this is part of the pitch. But yeah, no, I... Um, so I got the Itchy the Killer manga... I, uh, I'll put it up for the patrons. It's a RAR file. It's about 500 megabytes. You can read it on uh, Comic Cat. If you have reservations about it being legal or illegal, this never got officially ported over to the U.S. For reasons that once you read it become uh, just glaringly obvious, namely that it's violent pornography. <laughs> um, like, to a level where, I mean, if, if Gaunt's got translated over here, and Gantz has some pretty heavy shit. Itchy the Killer is about five times worse than Gantz, in yeah, my opinion. And, and Gantz was, uh, yeah, Gantz was translated over here. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's, it's like, there's a reason, especially considering the, um, the popularity of the film, if the manga didn't get ported, it's a fan translation, as far as I know. And I did some research on this to try to find if there was ever an official one because back in the early 2000s people did i mean they put out some pretty wild shit but this has never come over so you have a massively popular cult film uh it seems to me like it would have been a shoe in for making some quick money to just translate the fucking thing and put it out but they never did and we'll get into why uh here <laughs> here soon oh man i Go ahead, go ahead. It, it took a, f- it took a few volumes, for it to catch, because the movie the movie's pretty fucked up. And I've recently watched, I actually watched most of it the other day, and I've had it on mute in the background while editing audio stuff, uh, just to look at it every now and then. It looks so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, 
I have to take back what we said before about Mike too, about him being so workman with the camera and just being like, yeah, shoot, we're done, let's go, let's move on to the next. Itchy the Killer is an almost perfect frame-for-frame frame movie. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. each shot is so fucking beautiful. I was like, damn, I forgot how good this movie looks. But... Yeah, it took a few a few volumes into the manga. I was I started going, oh, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, when you have something this vile, uh, what you'll notice when you watch Itchy the Killer, the film, is this ambient sense of grime. And I wanted to talk, by the way, about that grime because I put it on on Tubi to refresh my memory. And there's a notice at the beginning of the Tubi version that says uh, this film was originally shot in 16 millimeter, and then telecined. I have no idea what telecining is. It was telecined onto 35 millimeter, and for this 4K restoration, we took the 35 millimeter telecined print and went through and worked our magic on it, so everything looks. Cr- so this is my first time watching the movie in this uh, kind of high def Blu-ray version of the movie. Mm-hmm. I did not care for that. No, it looks bad. What you have to do, it it startled me. Uh, Because I have it on, I have it on Blu-ray, but I, uh, which actually is a better, just having it on analog and not through a digital file, you Mm -hmm. get a better, like, it's not in that weird 4K look, but... Uh, instead of sitting and watching it on my PlayStation, I just had it like on the screen. So I opened it up on Tubi as well. I had to change the TV settings to like, I was like, how do I, like, this is just, this is awful. This looks like yeah. dog shit. Yeah. So I It's had not to, motion smoothing either. It's not, it's not the motion smoothing thing. It's the actual quality of the film and the music too. The music seems to have been enhanced and I love the soundtrack, but one of the beauty, uh, one of the beautiful things about Itchy the Killer is how the imagery and the colors all kind of blur together because of the lowered quality of the film, and how the music kind of sounds like it's garbled and not fully. It 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 allows itself to kind of bleed into each each element bleeds into each other, so you get this full on feeling, and then when you can see everything crisp. Kakihara's looking badass with his, you know, his leather tracksuit or his purple coat or whatever. And the music is just like crisp and defined. It's like, this is not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to feel like, uh, like audition, like dead or alive. Like, like part of Mike's appeal, in my opinion, is that it does have, well, this thing that I just learned, like a 16 millimeter feel that's been transposed on the 35 millimeter not a 4k blu-ray look no i don't no. want the 4k blu-ray a, look a quick hack most people know about the motion smoothing on the tv if you're watching through some kind of external thing like uh if you're watching it not directly on the tv but through a playstation or like a roku thing if you go into the settings of your device and change it to because that's how i figured i was like i can't i'm just gonna turn this off this looks awful um I had to go into the Roku settings and change it to 1080 because it was like automatic. It it would enhance things to 4K 35 frames per second, whatever the fuck. I was like, hell no. Give me that 1080p gorgeous look. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's supposed to be a little blurry. It's supposed to be a bit muddy. It's supposed to feel like Shinjuku in the mid to late 90s, which is what I think the manga captures very well and the movie captures very well. A lot of Miike's movies capture this well. Agitator, Dead or Alive. Uh, that feeling of everything being covered in just a layer of yellow tobacco smoke, right? It's like when you yeah. walk into a place and like, if you've ever been to an estate sale and the person who died was a smoker and they got all their shit out and there's just like, there's a feeling of like a, an inch thick of dead skin cells over everything. And yeah, I can already, I can smell the mothballs in the, the old books. Mothballs and the old books and the fucking, I went to an estate sale a few months ago and it had, this guy was like really into tech, I guess, but he had three different versions of printers and he had like a laminator that was probably from the 80s. It was this gorgeous little device. I, obviously, I didn't buy it because I don't need a laminator as far as I know, <laughs> but it was just like... I went into his garage and he had all these, you know, DeWalt tools from the 50s, which my father-in-law informed me it was like back when they made them really good. He's like, yeah, he never had to update any of this shit because they used to actually make tools that didn't break or something. Oh yeah, like no, like DeWalt used to really mean something. I still buy a lot of DeWalt because well, usually, usually they have great sales around Christmas time and uh, Erica will get them for me as gifts. But I, I like, like, I'm a bit habitual about DeWalt, and they're still good, like, but everything is pretty much the same now. Everybody's pretty much the same level. DeWalt used to be, like, leaps and bounds beyond everybody. And yeah, that shit was like a, that shit was like a 2000 Ford diesel engine. It was never breaking down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you watch movies, like, I feel like Porno Star had this too which was a Toyota movie, but uh, this this idea of these Yakuza who live in these big apartment complexes and every building is just packed and stacked with cardboard boxes that are molding and full of papers that have all been stamped with. I learned about Honkos this week, by the way, which is a Japanese practice of having a seal for everything that you sign. It was a pretty interesting episode of 99% Invisible because it was about the coronavirus epidemic and ha or pandemic, I guess, and uh, how when people were sheltering in place, Japanese people still had to get out of the house and like go across town to, to stamp things with their honko uh, because it started in the Meiji Restoration period when the West kind of broke into Japan. Like they, they broke the Commodore Matthew Perry broke the isolationist stranglehold that the emperor had over japan and kind of like forced modernity or uh maybe modernity is not the right word for it just western ideals i guess down the japanese mm -hmm. people's throats and so everybody started having to get honkos because during uh before that common people didn't have last names in japan because japan was just like straight up like who gives a fuck what your family name is you're a fisherman <laughs> nobody gives a shit so there was this run on getting these honkos, and in order to get a honko, uh, you had to have a last name. So people just straight up invented last names. So Japan, uh, as a country, has the widest proliferation of different surnames in the world because people are just picking shit. There's people who are literally named like Cat Poop and like 
cat friend of cows and uh the most common surname picked like the japanese version of smith was uh god so there are people walking around japan with names like jim god or johnny god well, of course it's like you yeah. can pick your own name and be like i'm god that would be kelby right <laughs> it would be like kelby you got to pick a last name it's like oh easy god <laughs> yep the god kelby the god kelby the god yeah that's literally what uh japanese people did they named themselves like you know yoshi the god uh, akira the god but um so anyway so this this whole honko thing leads to a lot of things that are on paper and it's digitization in japan has been difficult because because in order to approve digitization practices, you got to have a bunch of paper stamped with Honko, right? So it's this kind of self-eating eating process. But especially back in the 90s, you'd have stamped papers for fucking everything. Every, every decision that a company made had to be stamped and approved by the bosses and everybody involved in the deal. So I say all that to say, when you see these apartment complexes that are just stacked with like aura videos like erotic uh, pornos basically and you know shelves and shelves of these boxes with all these papers in it it i like it i i start to like when i look at mike or yamamoto or toyota's version of shinjuku it feels uh just like the the right level of of grimy but also insular and communal and full of you know, like friendship and brotherly love, uh, emphasis on the brotherly love, right? Because uh, women don't get, uh, they don't get shit. <laughs> no. they, they're, they're all prostitutes in, in these guys' conceptions of, of the world, you know? Which, I, I don't fucking, I don't have a problem with it. That's fine. No, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not sex negative here. No, no, absolutely not. I'm extremely sex positive. I like... I have had uh, sex at least once, as evidenced by the carnival music that's echoing from the corner of the room. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> that, that classic, classic dad joke. I, I mean, you know, I've done it at least once. Yeah. Twice. Yep. Oh man, the second time was a complete disaster. I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, what, are we making a baby this time? And she was like, "No, we just we could just we could just do this for fun." And I was like, "Fun? Oh, okay." And then I got scared and ran away. But I might do it this time. <laughs> Did you cry? Did you cry like itchy? I cried like itchy. Yeah. But uh, so our our updated talk of the movie. Um, I think that I'm just gonna straight up. I'm gonna throw down the gauntlet here. I think the manga is brilliant. I think it's the closest thing that I've read recently. Uh, low-key to what I'm trying to do with Ronin Trash. It's got like the same type of ugly vibe to it. Uh, but the movie is just like untouchable and the way that Mike and crew condensed this ten Tenkoban volume manga into a two-hour movie is uh, it's just incredible. Like I've never I've never seen a better maybe No Country for Old Men. Th those are like the two adaptations that I think stand head and shoulders above every other film ever made. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, no country is a good one. Uh, man, yeah, this was. I always avoided the the manga because it's literally my favorite movie. Uh, but it's they're both 
just masterpieces. Yeah, yeah so and we can uh, for very different reasons. For very different reasons. So I think that a good way to start talking about the differences between the two is to start with the character of Kakihara, who is the iconic, you know, when the Itchy the Killer film starts off, it's three names come up, which is Tadanobu Sano, Takashi Miike, and then Hideo Yamamoto. Uh, those are the names that like appear in the bicycle gears. Um, so Asano's role in making Kakihara iconic uh, can't really be overstated. As I was watching it again last night, I was like, oh, this is one of those movies where if he wasn't Kakihara, it would have just been a different movie. Yeah, yeah, and reading the uh, reading the manga, it's clear, too, that that character became so iconic in the film version because of Asano, like yeah. 100%. The way that, and I was even like, I was curious what they did to get where they like hey check out this manga get into character blah 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 because he just owns it it's like he came in and was like i don't give a fuck i didn't read that shit and just <laughs> becomes his own version right right because the, uh, it's a it, it's pretty um it's a different it's a different tone it's not a different character than what you get in the book but the delivery of that is harnessed i mean it's like he embodies this character which we'll dive further into who this guy is but he like totally embodies it to where he doesn't have to say and this is this is related to the script as well but like he hasn't got to say shit he just walks in and that's like yeah that's the guy that's kakihara mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think what makes uh, the movie kakihara so cool is how sort of detached and calm he is through most of it uh i was surprised reading the manga at how you know the kakihara in the manga is much more of a cartoon villain um he's much more emotional and he he's not you don't get the sense in the manga that kakihara is in control of his situation because this the story basically um revolves around him getting into increasingly more trouble with the entire yakuza superstructure and losing men left and right and his guys kind of bailing on him and being like yo this motherfucker is completely unstable he's about 10 times more violent than he is in the movie too to his own guys i mean it starts off when uh when boss anjo gets killed by itchy and disappeared by the cleanup crew in the book he basically like straight up just like the two guys who are responsible for watching the boss like he pierces their dicks and you you see it by the way like yeah it's it's not it's not implied he gives them each cock piercings uh as as punishment um and he's you know he's kind of that that type of villain who when you see him on the page you're like why does anybody fucking stay with this guy because he's like you know oh you uh you failed in this like minor task like i'm gonna you know shoot you up the ass or whatever and you're like wait what why would anybody stick around and the manga directly addresses that it's like they don't they just they fucking they're <laughs> yeah. like okay bye yeah they start Peace. bailing it's basically like once they find they're out 
because there's always that fear whenever a character does run away he's like oh what happened and the person who might have been with them or whatever is like oh i I don't know he just like he just dipped out Mm -hmm. and then they're all nervous that he's gonna do something to them for allowing them to go (laughs) yeah 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 and then you know especially towards the end we'll we'll get into like the this just the straight up differences what was cut what was changed but you know it, by the end of it he's kind of just like this this uh blubbering like he just he looks stupid like he's got all this like bondage rope on under his clothes and he's fat and he's fat. Yeah, he's fat <laughs> he's he's drawn like an opus character you know like you remember those opus books with bill the cat and how right, yeah 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 he's, yeah. he's kind of drawn like that like like something out of one of those comics even the and, nose too he's got kind of that bulbous nose yeah yeah and he has like this this opportunity to sort of become cool about three-fourths of the way through because it turns out that when he's when people beat him up which he loves it gives him superhuman strength and there's a throwaway line in the movie after kakihara cuts his tongue out where he's like it's fine it'll regenerate in the book it really does like he he regenerates based on how much pain he he receives so you can like cut his tongue off the tongue grows back uh you can punch him really hard and like his bones go back into place and all this kind of shit so he's kind of like he's he's much more of a fantasy character in the book but overall um it's much more of uh it's much more of itchy's story honestly and for a while the the twins who i don't even were they even in the movie i can't remember now yeah yeah the twins are the dog that was one of the differences is the twins are changed to those weirdo like one of them's a dog or pretends he's a dog and is always sniffing out things oh okay right but right, those right, right. those guys in the in the manga are extremely jacked jersey shore twins yeah who are always competing to see who's the best Mm-hmm. Like they they used to be triplets and they killed their own <laughs> triplet, so yeah. now they're the twins, always trying to prove who's the best. Prove who's the best, yeah. All right, I'm trying to figure out the best way to go through this. So I think what would be the best way is I made a ton of notes about the most fucked up parts of the book. So maybe we'll do that first, talk about those scenes first, and then go into more of the themes once we get into agitator z territory which is coming up in about 10 minutes uh we'll talk about the ending to the manga which is a sort of meta treatise on the imagination and the role of the creator in creating work uh and then and then yeah yeah, i i finally i finally understand what itchy the killer is about after reading the manga Right, because Yamamoto has a clear... It comes out in the last uh, the last two Tankobons, right? Like You start to see like what he's, what he's talking about with all this stuff about violence and rape and pain and the imagination and uh, Gigi as a kind of stand-in for him as like this creator. But I won't get too far into that. So I started taking notes because I started noticing that the violence in the manga is so over the top there are some basically when Mike approached this it's it's basically like what what do you keep because there's so like every chapter it feels like has some 
just absurd cartoonish level of insane gory violence um, so basically we can start off with that initial scene in the movie where the where Itchy's watching a, a pimp beat up a prostitute and raper and he's watching from the from behind the curtain and sort of he's whacking it and then the pimp sees him says hey nobody watches for free and then he opens the window and there's just a puddle of cum there which is allegedly Sukamoto's cum by the way um That's and thick like meaty ass cum if that's if that's Sukamoto's I don't know what yeah, he's, he's eating. got the he's got the drill though he's he's you know he's Tetsuo the Iron Man that's bro. true he's got the Tetsuo dick mm-hmm but uh so the title appears in the cum uh in the manga they take it a step further uh, because Itchy actually cuts his hand open with a box cutter before whacking it so he's like using his own blood as lube which is hilariously just over the top unnecessary but really funny i thought it was there's a lot of shit in here that i'm gonna say is funny and unnecessary probably... what do you use yeah <laughs> tears um <laughs> oh, right right <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry so <clears throat> basically then they they go from there and there's the scene in the sex club where Itchy has hired this prostitute who's been beaten up. And his whole deal is that he likes the, um, the bruises. And in the film, she, she says it too. She says, uh, you know, you're the only guy who, who prefers it when a girl's beaten up. And when you go to the sex club, first of all, because this is a fan translation uh, and it's a Japanese person who's translating it into English, there are some really cute notes in there about like, I'm not 100% sure how to translate this, but here's my best guess. And the, <laughs> the name of the club is uh, Human Pet, which is creepy. And yeah. uh, <laughs> when you see the inside of the club in kind of a wide shot, there are people involved in different forms of uh, debauchery. And I'm just now thinking like, okay, so I got the kid here and he's starting to know what words are. So I'm gonna start putting this I'm going to start putting this in delicate language. So one of the details that I thought was really funny was that there, in the background there's a guy who is like, there's a girl who's kind of, well, she's sitting, she's like a doggy. She's on a couch and she's pretending to be a doggy. And there's a man who's very curious about doggies who is uh, shining, shining a light, like a flashlight. I guess into her butthole or something. <laughs> he's checking checking her tail. Checking her tail. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's checking out her tail, making sure everything is is all together. And it was around butthole this is really point. delicate language. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Well, I whispered it. I was like, "Butthole." Uh, hey Bubba, you want some waffles? Come on, man. I made you waffles. You got to eat these waffles, bro. Are you pooping? Please do not tell me that I got to change a diaper in the middle of this. Here. Home. Choo choo choo. Make sure you choo choo choo. When their face gets more mature, but they're not like, they're still babies. Mm -hmm. So they kind of look at you and you're like, you can see what they're going to look like as a teenager, but they're uh, giving you this look that's like, uh. And you're like, one day you're going to look at me like that because I told you to do your homework, but right now you're looking at me like that because you're just standing there shitting your pants. Shitting your pants, yeah. yeah. He looked over at me the other day and he was gripping the TV stand with both hands. 
and he just he looked at he looked like he was the protagonist in a crime film who just committed a mortal sin. So he was taking one of those like decompression showers. He had his head down. I was like, "Bubba, what's up?" And he like looked up. His face was beat red, and he was just like, Ugh. "I was like, oh, oh, right, right, right." And he was literally giving me a look like, "Can I have a moment here, please? Can you please just shut up for a second so I can, I can get this out of my system?" Leave me alone. I'm doing something. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm fucking busy, Dad. Um. Well, uh, da, 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 da. when in the film, when they kidnap uh, Suzuki, because to give anybody who hasn't listened to our Itchy the Killer episode or who has somehow listened to the Agitator podcast, wh- whose logo is literally Kakihara and hasn't seen Itchy the Killer, uh, basically this guy Gigi is orchestrating this whole plan to make Kakihara the enemy of all yakuza and have them kind of self-immolate yeah you want another bite see i told you you were hungry bro i told you you were hungry uh in the uh in the movie uh suzuki is hung from hooks that happens in the manga too uh boiling water in the manga is poured on him in the movie it's temp it's boiling tempera oil um, and then at the very end of the movie scene, he says like, oh, maybe I'll put your wiener in the tempera, right? And that's in the manga too, but you just, they're, I guess they're, I guess they're compromise in manga because you can't like fully show like a, a is it, it's always just like kind of blacked out. It's like fully there. And sometimes you even see like the veins and shit, but it's like the silhouette of the thing. And yeah, a, and there were a, a few frames in there. There were a few frames in there. I don't know if it was just added, like one time the fan decided to like give it distinction, and then was like, "Man, this is a lot of penises. I'm gonna have to draw if I commit to this," and so they quit. But there were a few actual penises in there too, and I yeah. was like, yeah, 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 yeah. "Okay, it's like at a certain point, I was like, this is extremely graphic. You're not doing much here by blacking it out." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we noticed that in the Gans episode when. Uh, when he's getting, um, fuck, how do I say it? When when his girlfriend's kissing him, uh, in a in a way. Oh, the uh, whistleblower scene. The whistleblowers, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that in Itchy the Killer too, where it's like, uh, you know, this just sort of fuck, man. I don't know how to. The show's gonna get really interesting as he learns more and more words, and I have to. So I'm not used to self censoring. Neither is Rios too. It's hilarious. So we have to remind each other, be like, hey, don't just like, chill out on the fucking... <laughs> I mean, I just did it right there. Unthinking. <laughs> Unthinking. But, uh, okay. Yeah, Rowan goes around saying, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, there, when Kakihara cuts his tongue off in the book, I thought it was really funny how the translation worked because he said, I'm going to give you my sweetness perception. What he means is he's cutting his tongue, the part of his tongue off that can taste the su- sweet things. Um, mm-hmm. But I just love the idea of the sweetness perception. Like, girl, let me give you some sweetness perception. Um, and then uh, there's a scene in the movie where uh, one of Gigi's crew, who's had plastic surgery um, and has become a heroin addict, uh, he basically gets caught by Kakihara and the crew. And this guy in the book is like, he looks like Nosferatu, and he uh, 
fucks corpses. He he fucks dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. And at first, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was the chick that he was like, hold on to her or whatever. But you later find out, or he tells he tells Kakihara that he uh, he raped his boss. It was yeah. Anjo that he was yeah. getting busy with. Yeah, that he was getting busy with. He had his legs up in the air too, which is really funny. Um, but the the scene where he gets caught by Kakihara in the movie, he's inside of a TV. Like he's sitting in an empty TV stand with his head inside the frame of the set. And <clears throat> it's just, it's kind of a fun Miike-ism in there. They're like, yeah, we just found him in there because he's detoxing off of heroin. <laughs> and uh, in the manga, it's funny because he gives like a little speech. He's like, I was watching the TV and I wanted to see what it would be like if the TV was watching me instead. So I decided to become the TV. And that's low-key the first time that you get a glimpse into what Yamamoto is doing with the reader, the viewers of TV, and the author, right? Like, this is the first time where he's like, what, what is the TV seeing when the TV looks back at you, right? Am I the TV? I don't know. Maybe I'll hop inside and find out. Yeah, that's... There is a lot of uh, the major difference throughout the manga that I noticed was that there's a lot more internal going on. There's a lot more thematic content being actually explored instead of just... Because a constant debate with the movie or um, or not even debate, just a discussion topic of the movie is like, what is this about? And Mike has said, you know, oh, it's a love story. Yeah. And... A lot of people take that and run with it. You know, it's obviously it's about fetishes. Uh, a lot of horror fans love it because it's just supremely fucked up. It's a torture movie. But all of what it is is pretty much explained through the manga because you get mm-hmm. all of these internal monologues with the thought bubbles. You have characters going on straight up monologues saying, you know, why they're why they're climbing inside the television set, why their dicks are pierced base to tip, why, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, uh, so basically Kakihara in the manga tortures this Inoue is the guy's name. He tortures Inoue uh, by sticking him with like a hundred of the, those little uh, metal needles that he has in the movie too. So he's got Inoue looking like a porcupine and in a way is about to die and this is when the sense of humor i think really started up in the book gave you a good example of what what you were in store for because in a way goes so in my life it's like i loved fucking corpses so when i die can can you guys rape my corpse too and kakihara kakihara says absolutely yeah bet for sure and then he kills him and the punchline of it is that he turns to one of his underlings and goes all right Fuck him. And the internet's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you, we promised. Like, you gotta go. And the guy's like, oh, man. Okay. And just kind of like... <laughs> I just love this idea of this, this put-upon employee who's like, man, it's a rough day at the office today. My boss made me have sex with the corpse. <laughs> yeah, the humor. You... You had texted while reading that um, I think what makes this so fucked up 
is that it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I also think that that's why it's one of the most crucial and one of the greatest pieces of art ever created is that it's mm-hmm. so beautifully raw and unadulterated. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to get at what I mean by that because, you know, we also, we brought up the texture of it, you know, how it feels grimy. It's not just over the top cartoonish, but it walks that tightrope of like cartoon violence mixed with this like gritty, grimy yeah. layer. Um, but so it becomes this, it becomes this third thing that's like between cartoon and exploitation depravity but it's also it's pure in a human way it's just like at no point was there anybody over Yamamoto's shoulder going good god are you why are you making this that we know of if they did they got shut up yeah yeah and well, he definitely didn't have any kind of filter on himself. We was like, should I, why, why am I doing this? It's mm-hmm. like a completely honest individual just putting, expressing every, everything that comes to mind mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that is quite often hilarious. And if you want to know my follow-up to what Kelby's talking about, in addition to hearing about the entire rest of the of the manga and there is a lot of good shit i want to do a full pretty much a full recap of what happens in the manga uh head on over to patreon.com slash agitator and sign up for five dollars a month get access to that the discord you can junk weekly yep if you want to see kelby and i attempt to sort of recreate what we're talking about in these uh, weekly seinen mangas that we're obsessed with right now uh, that's where you'll find it yeah that's what we're doing working on our own manga i had somebody ask they were like you're you're working on a manga now it's like uh kind of yeah i'm writing yeah, one of. it's yeah, sort of. it's prose but it's it's the manga uh approach 